2: Ooh, let the dogs out.
1: Ooh, ooh. Off the hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
3: She is Prada. I'm Dave Hooker here with you for the next hour and a half, or however long you're listening. Me, you're listening and a good morning to you, Amanda Lafraud. You're pointing your ear. You're trying to tell me something. What are you trying to tell me? Just go ahead.
4: I can barely hear you.
3: Okay, I can take care of that. How's that, is that better? There you there That's better. All righty, we well, took care of that right off the bat. All right. So she's Amanda LaFraud. I'm Dave Hooker. We're loaded up on the show. But first, I want to tell you to hit subscribe and like. We really appreciate that and set the notifications on because we've got all kinds of interviews with the insiders, the analysts, current players, which I never thought would happen. Thank you, NIL. But it's right here on OffTokeSports.com. So please click subscribe, click like and set those notifications on. We greatly appreciate it on the show today. Every Thursday, we'll be joined by Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com, a breakdown of the upcoming football weekend as we get ramped up for the preseason. And also, uh, today, we'll hear of uh, Jacob Warren, who gave us some thoughts on Brew McCoy, still not eligible to balls back at practice as uh, we get to the down and dirty at 30. Depending on when you're listening, it's 8.30 Eastern, but we have a lot of listeners in Ireland. So I think it's about 2.30 p.m. So the Down and Dirty at 30 is brought to you by Honey Bee Coffee. And that coffee is absolutely tremendous. We've got all the news you need to know right now. But man, fantastic coffee.
4: I know. I'm not feeling myself today because I don't have it yet.
3: We'll take care of that. We'll get you some. I, 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 I sense your perkiness coming around, though.
4: No, it's brewing downstairs, but I just didn't have time to grab it. So I'm a little tired.
3: Fair enough. That is understandable. I heard you hustling around this morning, and I've got some exciting news coming down the pike that we're looking forward to. But let's go ahead and get to the uh, down and dirty at 30. So I want to start with Tennessee practice, uh, wide receiver. It's kind of a wide receiver day. They'll meet afterwards. And the question's going to be, Brew McCoy, is he eligible yet? And again, I said that along with Cedric Tillman, you would have the top physical specimens in terms of duos in the entire nation. Good morning, Michael. If he is deemed eligible, but we don't know that yet. So at some point you start to have to look at that. Now, the guys are going to be asked about that. It'll be interesting to see if we find out who the new number two would be if it's not Brew McCoy. Because Amanda, to me, that competition's wide bleep open, if you know what I
4: mean. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's wide open. Hopefully the NCAA will say, you know, brew can brew can play. That is very rhymey this morning. Very yeah.
3: brew, uh, brewing your beer. Uh, well, we've got we've got craft brew, we've got brewed coffee, and we've got brew McCoy. It's a lot so, of brewing, a lot of brewing going on, and this. Uh, so I, I was talking to a, an Alabama fan yesterday at the gym or Tuesday, or goodness knows, a man and I work so much, we're not really sure what day it is. I think it's Thursday.
4: You said uh, Thursday, and I was like, wait a minute, all right, I was then- counting. That is right, yes, yeah,
3: that's correct. So, uh, I was visiting with, with an Alabama fan, and I told him, you know, my thoughts on Nick Saban I liked him as part of the SEC. I think I think he helps the overall interest. And a Tennessee fan overheard him and was like, I don't want him around anymore. And and that makes complete sense. I mean, I get that. Nick Saban's just absolutely pounded on him. Alabama fans didn't want Philip Fulmer around. And I'm sure Tennessee fans didn't want Paul Bear Bryant around. And I, and I get that. But again, I go back to Nick Saban. Being really all that's right with college football. And I know people are like, they've covered, they've watched me cover Tennessee and they're probably like, what the, What has happened to you? Well, no, I would have told you the same thing 10 years ago. I didn't know he'd be this great. But so I say that and all the turn to this. So Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungabaoa, he told reporters last week that he believes the team is all in on him okay and then they go out and flirt with tom brady so then at that point there's the suspension which let's all be honest that was about throwing games it wasn't about having a couple of phone conversations with tom brady but he had a good answer on wednesday when asked again about his reaction to that interest and he just said yeah i'm still here um which is the right... Don't say, I'm going to go out there and prove you wrong. Don't say that. Think that. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. But again, how I spin this back to Saban, and the way it struck me this morning is we were putting the show together in our pre-production meeting at 5 a.m. Eastern. I I really thought, and I still think, that the greatest thing Nick Saban does is develop his players' minds, not their bodies. Tua to Tonga-Vaola could have easily said, you're going to have to try to get Tom Brady. You're throwing games to replace me. I haven't even had a full complement of talent around me. What the bleep? He doesn't do that. He just comes out. And obviously, you've got, you mentioned the Jalen Hurts situation where he stayed despite losing the job. Let's face it, of all the things that Nick Saban does, the best thing he does is build a team culture
4: yeah he does. Was,
3: what's out of you can pick a million things that are second, but that's number one, right?
4: Yes. I mean it's the way that these players believe in themselves um, and believe in you know what what's called the process and that's also something bigger than themselves. So they have belief in working as a unit, working as a team, um, building something together and knowing that they are an integral part of that unit. That's big. And having that discipline, like the mind discipline, a lot of people don't have that. That's why you see Antonio Browns. That's why you see Baker Mayfields. You know, you see all of these players, Cam Newtons, that lack that discipline in their mind. And when they face a hard time or an injury or what have you, they're done. They they check out.
3: No, there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, Nick Nick Saban has these guys in the right mindset to go – to the nfl and there's an awful lot of trust there i I heard an interesting story over the weekend about john calipari who they're in the running for the number one basketball recruit in the country and one of the things that i'd heard from somebody um uh, it was mark weedmer who covers basketball extensively works with the chattanooga times free press he had said that they specifically remember that this prospect specifically remembers John Calipari telling one of his players, you need to go pro. You're going to be a top five pick go. And I can't remember the player, but he ended up suffering an injury the next year. Had he not gone pro, he would have never gotten that 16 mil. So again, follow my logic here. It sounds good when Jeremy Pruitt says, trust the process and do what's right for the team, but he doesn't have the pedigree, the, the background for people to believe in him. So I think with the Calipari's of the world that say, go to the NBA when you're ready, and it may be a reach of analogy, but I think with Nick Saban, believe in the team because it will make you better, players believe that. And I don't know how you get that sort of authority, Amanda, I guess it's just having success, but it sounds different when Nick Saban says it as opposed to Jeremy Pruitt. I think we could all agree with that.
4: Yeah, Nick Saban's proven. Right. So that that helps establish him a little bit more as a leader than Jeremy Pruitt or whoever else is telling you to trust the process. I don't, but also Thaddeus, Nick Saban. I not?
3: Thaddeus is more of a leader than Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
4: But Nick Saban also tells his players if you're gonna go to the first round of the NFL draft, if you're if you're deciding between staying or you're a first round pick, go. Yeah. Go to the I- draft.
3: Yeah, and that might change with NIL, but that doesn't surprise me at all. And I've known coaches, I'm not going to specify anybody, but I've known coaches that have sandbagged players to NFL scouts because they wanted to leave early. And in the end, it hurt that player's draft position. And in the end, I think it hurt the relationship and the trust between some NFL scouts and this coach. And at that point, you can't advocate for your players. So you've undermined yourself in the future. If you say one guy's not ready, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't think the guy was ready at the time, but he was, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You can probably figure out what I'm talking about. But moral of the story is, you undermine your credibility with those NFL scouts. So if you undermine your credibility with your NFL scouts, you can't help the other guys that you say, he may not be the most talented in the world, but he's a team player. Mm -hmm. Though that sometimes can move you from a fifth round to a second round, um. So, anyway, I just thought that that was very interesting. Now, uh, the the Sean Watson thing, I'm I'm so tired of talking about it, but I do want to throw throw it out there. The NFLPA is prepared for a year suspension, according to reports. Again, I don't know if he did it. I don't. I don't really even care at this point anymore. It, it just the whole handling of it. That's another day in the news cycle, Amanda. You have worked in marketing. This is as dumb as it could be.
4: It's I mean, horrible. This <laughs> is a bad look for everybody involved. Everyone involved. It's a bad look, and God forbid those names of the people who are accusing him ever come out. It's gonna be a bad look for them too. Like it's just a bad look all the way around.
3: But I think we would agree that the names shouldn't come out. Correct. I mean, I wouldn't want the names to come out because other females might be hesitant to come forward if something were to happen to them
4: i mean i agree that i'm on i'm on the fence on that one because if the names don't come out and it's it's not like a it's not proven that he did anything then these people have no repercussions for falsely accusing anyone so that's that's an issue that i have and that's A reason why I am skeptical to just go ahead and say, oh, he's guilty, hands down. You know, he did this, he did this, he did this. Nobody's name's on the line. I could go out right now and say I was a massage therapist for Deshaun Watson and he sexually abused me or harassed me or assaulted me or just even made an advance towards me. Add my name to this list and no one would ever know. There would be no repercussions for that.
3: I I, I, I see both sides of the ambiguity. Uh, or, I guess the what would it be the uh, they're not releasing the names, not ambiguity. What's the word I'm looking for? The no, discretion, discretion. I, I, I mean, I understand you don't want to scare other people to come forward. I do also understand that the accuser is standing there and his name's in the paper and nobody else is. So, I mean, I get exactly. both sides of that. In the end, I'm going to side on the side of the potential victim, even though you and I have discussed there may not be, may not even be a victim in this. Situation. The Down and and Dirty at 30 is brought to you today by Craft Treats. Craft Treats, the benefits of CBD for your pet. How about that? And boy, my pet has needed it lately. My dog Thaddeus, again, a better leader than Jeremy Pruitt, uh, suffering a little bit from getting older. We've officially cut him off the snacks. So no more snacks because he was getting a little thick. He, He went from a beagle to a football somewhere along the lines of the summer. Because There's nothing we,
4: wrong with thick.
3: Well, I, I'm I'm fine with that, but I, yeah, I, but he can't get up on the bed anymore. So anyway, Craft Streets is helping me out, and he also absolutely hates storms. So this note coming from the Tennessee Titans that I wanted to get to is Derrick Henry saying that he um, will do whatever it takes to win. Now, how many players in NFL history have rushed for over two thousand yards? Would you would you care to guess that number, Amanda? It used to be like a big time number because OJ Simpson was the only guy had done it. And then Eric Dickerson did it, I believe, in '84. So that was a that was a bit. And OJ Simpson did it in 14 games. So it was pretty impressive, and didn't kill anybody en route. So that was impressive.
4: Well, didn't use or his bronco on that one.
3: No, in in route to the 1,400. I'm not saying he didn't do it after. Yeah. Uh, there have only been eight. Okay, wow. so there have only been eight that have rushed for over 2,000. And the Tennessee Titans have drafted two of them. Chris Johnson was one who had the big 2,000-yard season. And now Derrick Henry is another. The question is, how much more do you get out of Derrick Henry? Because at the NFL level, and I'm telling you, if you've ever been on the sidelines of an NFL game, you do not want your child to play NFL football. It is bizarro men, big, huge men hitting themselves very fast, very, very fast. So he's only, unless he is that one in a million, or one in a few thousand, he's not going to be able to tote the mail like he's been able to do. So how many years do you think Derrick Henry has left, Amanda? Um Couple more good years. I mean, if you get five good years out of a running back, take that to the bank.
4: Yeah, I think it depends on how you treat your body. Like, as we've seen, and I understand that Tom Brady's a quarterback, I get that, but he's what 45 now and still in the league, something like that.
3: Oh, yeah, he's he's rocking it on up there at uh, yeah, 44, 45
4: which is unheard of before him. It was unheard of like no one gets, no one stays in the league that long, but he has, he's notorious for taking care of his body. Derek Henry is also notorious for taking care of his body, which is why he is still out there. And probably I would say the number one back in the NFL. Agreed. I, I would hands down say that. And he's older than a lot of these kids coming in right now. So I think it depends on how, how, much he takes care of his body and he could be good for another five years i mean you have no idea
3: well and one other thing i want to get to before i want to get to a ranking of the top coaches in college football and the top coordinators by saturday down south was the there are good and bad people in every every profession okay yes There are good and bad people in broadcasting. There are good and bad people in every profession. The dudes that took a picture, the police officers of the Kobe Bryant crash site and shared them, and now they are being sued by his family and his estate, I I just don't understand what goes through a person's head. And I hate that I saw one of the pictures, but they popped up on a social media. And it was as bad as you could imagine. I immediately, like, I don't, I just don't want to see that stuff. I don't even like watching scary movies. And
4: I hate scary movies. It was
3: gory. It was gross. And I just don't understand why you even, I know in our society, we take the camera out, we take a picture of everything. I I know that's how it works, Amanda. And God knows we're going to have this video. record of our lives you know back in the day in the early 1900s you had to stand still and you couldn't smile because they had that thing that goes, pew, and you had to go and make the mean look in the early 1900s and you would be fortunate if you had one or two pictures taken of you in your entire life now so
4: anderson look the just
3: yeah, now before noon, you've probably taken one or two pictures of yourself in today's society. So it's just, yeah. uh, but why you would take a picture of the Kobe Bryant? I
4: I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Don't pictures. don't even
3: Google it. Just I'm doing you a favor. Don't even. Yeah, Google it. yeah. and I, I think it. it's been buried to a large extent. But you know as well as I do, once it's out there, it's out there. Owl's Nest Barbecue is a great place to stop by whether you need pellets for your smoker or whether you need the wood chips or whether you need how about the sauces and the rubs they've got that at owl's nest barbecue so check them out right next door to steve ray's midnight oil tire direct and they're proud michelin distributors so they take care of my vehicle again you need to check out owl's nest barbecue and steve ray's midnight oil so top coaches in college football, this is a ranking that came out that I want to get to. And I want to get Chris Landry because he's going to join us a little bit later, each and every Thursday. So I want to get his thoughts on this. But first, Amanda, kind of get your thoughts. So, I mean, we all know at the top, right? I mean, it's it's going to be Nick Saban. Uh, is, but is this Saturday Down South's attempt to make us talk about it by saying Kirby Smart is number one? Or does he deserve it? because he had just won the championship.
4: No, that's laughable. It's absolutely laughable.
3: Agreed. Dabo Sweeney is third at Clemson. I'm going to go ahead and say he's been passed by a couple of guys. So I thought that Mm. was. I don't think so. Would you take, okay, if you're starting Amanda University tomorrow, would you take Dabo Sweeney or Brian Kelly?
4: Mm. I would take Sweeney.
3: Mm. Okay. Well, we differ on that. I would take Brian Kelly in a heartbeat. I would take Ryan Day. Over Dabo Sweeney, I would take. Now I'm just going down the list. You tell me if you agree, disagree, feel strongly.
1: Okay.
3: Lincoln Riley, I would take over Dabo Sweeney. Mm-mm. Okay, I would. Jimbo Fisher, I would. Nope. Luke Fickle, I would.
4: Nope.
3: Uh, Cincinnati, and that's where my list stops. So after that, it's Mario Cristobal, Kyle Whittingham. I don't. I wouldn't take any of those guys over Dabo Sweeney. And then the other list that I wanted to point out that I found intriguing this morning is kind of funny a little bit, Amanda, because it is a list and that's what we do this time of year. We do lists, but we're also talking ball. But this list was of the top defensive coordinators in college football. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
3: I haven't even scrolled down on the list. Do you want to know who the number one defensive coordinator in college football is? I, I, and I haven't looked, but here's who it is. I don't care what the list says. It's Nick Saban. Okay, so Nick Saban is yeah. – and you know who's two? It's Kirby Smart. I mean, it, those guys – and I, I've talked to guys on their staff. I mean, Nick Saban has come to his coordinators and coaches on a Thursday night, ripped up the game plan, and said start all over before a Saturday game. So it's, it's ultimately up to him. I love how we give these coordinators all the – all the love in the world, and that's good for them. But the bottom line is, whoever the coordinator is, the defense coordinator at Alabama or Georgia, they could leave tomorrow. And both of those programs are still going to be in good shape for the foreseeable future. That's what they've
4: done at Alabama. They've they've left to take head coaching jobs. I mean, I don't know how many have. Kirby was there for a while before Georgia opened up. But since then, there's been – coaches that have been there and taken head coaching, head coaching jobs. So you just, re- it's just like the players. You just replace, 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 replace. Cause it's the head that's makes the difference.
3: Have you ever thought how strange the sec would be right now? If Kirby smart would have gone to South Carolina, because I, I, I had from a good source at the time, that South Carolina made a strong push for Kirby Smart, that he had finally gotten to the point where he thought he had learned enough to go out on his own, and he had been waiting for that perfect job. The perfect job is Georgia because he played there. But when South Carolina came calling, it got Georgia moving. Now, at the time, I thought, and I said this, so we're going to have the guy on that did the freezing cold takes book. So I would have had the freezing cold take. I said it was a terrible hire because they got forced into it by South Carolina and he would never be Nick Saban because we have seen so many other coaches go on to have subpar careers that were good under Nick Saban. I was, I was wrong on that, Amanda. I'm willing to admit that Kirby's pretty good coach.
4: I mean, he's, he's good, but he went into a program that was already a 10 win season every year, back to back program. So all of the tools were there for him to succeed and to continue on succeeding. He just had to get over the hump of beating Nick Saban. That was it. I mean, and he wasn't even the first coordinator to do it. It was uh, Jimbo Fisher at A&M.
3: He needed more of those war daddies. And he said it. He said it at the opening press conference. He said, we need more of those big guys up front.
4: But did he call them more daddies? He didn't
3: specifically. He didn't use the term donkey for the guys he had, too. Today's so tough cool. question today is brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. City Heating and Air Conditioning has been in business for over 50 years. It's all about integrity. So they will take care of you. It is time. For today's tough question, and we get to that right now. Brought to you by City Heat and Air. Go to cityheatandair.com.
1: We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question What's the real debate? You sipping my soupe, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Gmosabi? Oh my God.
3: I appreciate all those that listen on the audio version, but for that those that listen on the video version, you get to see Amanda's look at me. And a lot of times it's, it's more of a disappointment. But there are times, because she's dancing a little bit now, she's liking the grand Torino.
4: It's much better than the YouTube, like getting down and dirty music. Like, it's much better than that.
3: Yes. Yes. Okay. So today's tough question is what? I have an idea, but this is your this is your jam. So, but I have an idea. Okay. If you were to start a college football program tomorrow, what coach would you pick to head it up?
4: I was thinking who's the best coach besides Nick Saban, but I think we've already done that.
3: Well, I think the question well, then with my question, you factor in age a little bit. So would you t- take Nick Saban knowing you probably only have three years or maybe less, maybe five, or would you take Kirby smart knowing that you probably have 10? That's where it gets kind of interesting in my mind, by the way, uh, shout out to uh, your husband, David, because it was actually, I didn't even look at the list. It was Jim Leonard of Wisconsin who was named the top coordinator in the nation. I saw that. I have no idea who Jim Leonard is, but I'm sure he's a fantastic man.
4: He's a defensive coordinator for Wisconsin. I I know that. There you go. There's there's my insight before my coffee. There's my insight.
3: What do you got for today's tough question?
4: Let's go with yours. If you're heading up like a, a team, college football team,
3: Who would you pick? Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. Have a better way to say
4: that.
3: Um, who would you pick to start your college football program tomorrow?
4: There you
3: go. I'm gonna go Kirby Smart, and I don't, I don't really even think it's close. Would you, would you take three years of Nick Saban or ten years of Kirby Smart? Not that we're changing the question. I'm just asking you.
4: I think I would take Saban,
3: honestly. I'll tell you what, let's tease this through. We're going to do some radio magic here. Chris Landry is going to join us next. We got, But first, Chris, we're asking today's tough question. Would you take three years, if you're starting Landry University tomorrow, would you take three years of Nick Saban or 10 years of Kirby Smart? I'm going to let you think about that, Chris. And... We'll be right back after this. Tell me about it, Gary Viles.
5: Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family friendly environment with homemade meals and the best Deli South subs around billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business.
6: Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment, like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your This is Al's Barbecue
5: Barbecue Supplies, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue and amaze your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill.
3: So we got an opportunity to start Landry University tomorrow, who is going to be the head football coach. I'm gonna <laughs> that first, though I wanna remind you to go ahead and click that subscribe button and that like button and set your notifications on so we'll show up and want to be a part of your day. We go live every day at eight thirty. Good morning, everyone. Danny Cameron, we appreciate it. And but let's let's get to Chris Landry and get his thoughts. On this question, and it's brought to you by the mattress place. The mattress place is just a couple of miles from Henley Street. It is very easy to find. It is veteran-owned. The ratings 225 five-star reviews on Google, a plus accredited member of Better Business Bureau, no gimmicks, just 30 to 70% off every day. So we're asking the question: what coach would you start a program with tomorrow? Now we want to factor in age. So theoretically, I'm guessing here, but you're getting three years of Nick Saban or 10 years of Kirby Smart based off, ba- based off their ages. So who knows how long, though, Coach. But, Chris, if you had to pick that guy, and you may know of a 32-year-old guy who's the next great up-and-comer, who would you pick to, do, to, to head up uh, Landry University's football team tomorrow? Well, first of all,
2: you know that that everything is about where where you are, and you know. Uh, although I love the fact that uh, uh, the university is in my name, you know. Let's just say okay. this: if you took, if you took, for example, and, and I'll answer in a second, but just to keep this in mind, put it in context. If you were to take the same question and say, let's put it, and I don't want to, I don't want to pick at anybody, so I'm not going to name a school, but you know, the schools that have never won that really could. Nick Saban, Nick Saban couldn't go to one of those downtrodden schools and he could do the best you could do and probably the best that anybody could do at that school, but you couldn't compete for titles. But in a generic sense, I would say it's hard for me with my background with Nick to say uh, to go against uh, anybody but Nick Saban. But let me just say this. One thing that when you asked that went to my mind, so when I was talking with Nick a few years ago, Texas made a run at it. And and there are a couple of things that he was concerned about at Texas. The main thing was there are too many chefs in the kitchen there. I mean, there too many people that you got to answer to, and, and they kind of made some assurances that you wouldn't have to deal with that because you've had some of that at Alabama, but nobody does that. Nobody plays that game better than Texas. But the other thing that he mentioned to me is that You know, I'm too old, in his mind, to start building something again. So when you ask that question, at this stage now, does he want to do that? I don't know that. I mean, he's got energy, but what he's got, he's built a, a monster, and he's put things in place, and he's constantly trying to get it better. Uh, he in the past has always wanted to go in and rebuild things, redo things. I don't know that he'd want to take that over again. So I don't know. I mean, that's not it's not my way of trying to let me jump on the fence here. I would say Saban, but long term wise, you'd want to go with a with a Kirby Smart because you know that program is the closest thing that looks like Alabama infrastructure wise than anybody, and they have been the team that has been consistently good. You know, and I know they just won the title last year. They don't. Nobody's done what Alabama's done under Saban, but consistently wise, nobody has a better program.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW for avoid. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, outside of Alabama, then Georgia now. And, you know, you've got a guy. But but there again, there's no way Kirby Smart's leaving Georgia to go to Landry University or anybody else. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: uh, that, that may not be the case. You're not getting
2: either one is what I'm saying. But then all the question is, who would you take, not would they come? That's kind of how I view it. And it's not as. Through black and white, but I would say Nick. But it, but you said you got to factor in the age. It probably, probably would. I don't know. I would have to. I don't know that it'd be as good of a fit as we might think.
3: Yeah. I um. Interesting, Amanda. I know you want to jump in there, and then we'll get to some some of the message board comments. Go right ahead, young lady.
4: I mean, between. I would have to, I'd have, to, I'd still take Nick Saban. I would still take Nick Saban. Even if he didn't want to rebuild anything, he, because he still knows the coordinators that are the best fit for the job. So if he's going to start something, if you're going to build a program, you take Nick Saban first. And will so, get you. Right, I got Jeff
2: Bezos money. Could I hire Nick Saban and get Kirby Smart to leave Georgia and say, Nick, you, you, <laughs> you guys build it together, but no, that's cheating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Amanda. I was cheating there, but I just had to jump in there with
3: that. Well, and then at that point, you got to hire Lane Kiffin as your offensive coordinator, and you have to hire me as the sports information director because I just—I just hey, want wa- just to watch it like the Joker. I just want to watch it burn, and I don't know how it's gonna burn, but I'll just sit back and
2: watch. If I had Jeff Bezos's money, I, see, I wouldn't be going to space. I would be spending it on that. I'd do that, and. I'd have, you know, Amanda. What job would you like? It'll be, you know, uh, what's it? What would they? Would you like an eight-figure salary? Or Is that 8 Yeah, yeah, like ten million a year, or something. Yeah, whatever, whatever you like, we'll, we'll make it all work for us. Oh, seriously, no, it's it's a it's a real interesting question because of the dynamics you put into place. But I'm probably uh, I'm probably thinking that through a little bit more than I ever would have thought. I would have thought of something that has no chance of happening anywhere, anytime. Be
3: sure and go to LandryFootball.com if you want to be the guy at the water cooler, the message board that knows more than everybody else. Well worth the subscription, LandryFootball.com. And, yeah, Chris, I do want to ask you specifically about uh, about Tennessee. And Brew McCoy um, is, is not eligible yet. But I have talked to you, I think, off the air about Brew McCoy, or maybe it was on. We have a lot of conversations. But, You really, really, really liked him as a prospect as as far as his physical abilities. What would Tennessee be getting for maybe those that don't know if he is deemed eligible by the NCAA?
2: Well, you know, we we determine number one receivers in in coaching by guys that dictate coverage, meaning by them being in the game, it forces you to change your coverage to account for that guy. Having Brew McCoy, the talent – that he is would give Tennessee two number one receivers, which is rare. the The issue with Brew McCoy has been the same issues all the time: is is he over his troubles? Has he matured? You know all those type of things that you know we got to make some assumptions here because if you know just on physical ability, he's got that type of potential. And what it is interesting to me, and you know this happens all the time at the NCAA. I mean, a lot more than people think. It's like, it's, yeah, the seasons. I mean, this could go right down to the wire, right down to the first week. It's, you think, you think they could be able to come to a decision quicker, but that's kind of where the NCAA is. They've, with the amount of people that they've laid off over the past three months, I mean, enforcement staff, people that look at this stuff. It's like going to Walmart and you got nobody checking out. You got to go through self checkout That's kind of what that's what the NCAA's become now.
3: Uh, Amanda, kind of jump in and say one thing. I know you had a question, but along those lines, with what Chris said, they are so understaffed that one time. You um, the, remember the NCAA clearinghouse mm-hmm. that I'd been told by a good source that was having trouble getting the kid cleared. I don't. I can't remember if it was Prop Forty Eight or whatever. If it's JUCO, whatever. And they said they only have seven people working at the clearinghouse. So I just, I don't know if I Googled it or how I got the phone number. I was for Google. And I got the phone number and I called and I just wanted to do an interview with some people about how the whole process works. And they said, we're not speaking publicly to anybody. And if I've learned one thing in my life is when you, you are very afraid to speak to the public, you're not very proud of your job. And, the well, job- and,
2: and, and real quick, they've been understaffed. Yeah, for a while and in June they laid off like 37 people so they were understaffed and, and they laid off that man I mean I know four or five of them so I mean it's like I, you know so when people say well w- what's up with it you know just take that under consideration
3: There's so much money I'm sorry I, I just no.
2: I, I, I don't that- have the answers why and you know I, don't, I think they're kind of wondering why too I think a lot of it is They're seeing a lot of the issues that are going, and they're anticipating. um, You know, the NCAA, all the NCAA really does now is run the basketball tournament. And, you know, so they're looking at things that, okay, well, if we're not going to have the power to do this or that, they're losing money left and right in litigation. And people say, you know, I hear this all the time. People say, well, what's the NCAA doing? And you can tell they – They know that they don't like what's going on, but they don't understand what's going on. The NCAA's not making the NCAA's been fighting tooth and nail to prevent what's been happening from happening. But every time they lose in litigation. So I think, Amanda and Dave, I think it has a lot to do with that. They've lost a lot of rulings. It's been a lot of legal costs. It's been a lot of things that expenditures that, you know, you don't think and hear about we we hear about all the money they make but we don't hear about all the money that they lose and have to spend on things that you know 25 years ago they didn't have to deal with as much
4: so if we have the ncaa as our governor governing body pretty much is how i i see them the ones that that make sure the rules are followed which they don't do a great job of, of that however when there are no rules Who's going to govern? And when there's no NCAA because they keep losing in litigation, who's going to govern college football or college sports in general?
2: Amen, Sister Preach. Where's the answer to that? I don't have the answer. No one does. I mean, administrators are saying, you know, in a a more, um, you said it in a very classy, polite way. Some of the people say, well, the bleep is going to be, I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah, really, who is, you don't have that, you don't. They don't have subpoena power. They don't have enforcement. I, look, I mean, in the end, let me say this. Things change over time. The NCAA was formed way back in the early 1900s just to protect student athletes. Because back then when there was like 20 schools playing college ball, they'd have like, you know, 12 games on a Saturday. And they'd have like 14 players die. Literally die. <laughs> I mean, because they break their neck and... And they'd go put them on a little wooden board. And, and they didn't know what they were. They didn't know metal. I mean, so they, they almost tried to ban the sport. So um, Teddy Roosevelt said, we need to form a way to make the game safer. And he forced, he brought in a lot of the coaches and, you know, uh, Amos Alonzo Stagg and people that said, look, we, we need to maybe implement a, a passing game because it was rugby. <laughs> and it was worse. So it was just to protect players. Well, then it grew into a different role. I think what needs to happen, whether the NCAA is involved or there's some sort of a college, I've always believed that the NCAA should have overseen the general things of athletics, but we should have a governing body of every sport. I mean, college basketball should have, like a, for lack of a better term, a commissioner, college football, gymnastics, because everybody has different rules and different things. I'm also a believer in this. This is not very popular in sports-specific conferences. Um, meaning, I mean, really, uh, we, we're at the point now, and I know we're making a lot of money, Big Ten, but Rutgers gymnastics team is going to fly from Piscataway to <laughs> Los Angeles for a gymnastics meet. Okay, now I mean, I get it. it, it my point is, is
1: oh, I don't get it.
2: <laughs> may, may, maybe you need to do it to where. Look, I mean, I love the opportunity, but maybe you need to have conferences that are a little bit more regional. Just a thought. But anyway, I think there needs to be governing bodies because you can't make rules a one-size-fit-all for basketball and football and baseball. They have different... So you need to have a little bit more of an organizational structure where you have that. And to your point, okay, if we're going to separate and have 65, just 70, 75 power schools that are going to play at a big time level. We need to form a college football association, not the old one when Oklahoma and Georgia sued for the, for the TV rights, but a true college football association where we're going to have rules. Here's the rules. They're going to be simple. They're going to be, you know, easy to understand, not like the the rule book. I mean, you got it's war and peace trying to understand every little detail, but just something simple. And here's the info. And we're going to spend X amount of money and enforcement, so that there's your answer. But who's going to do that? Well, there's nobody to do it. Who runs college athletics? Nobody. The NCAA doesn't run it. They have no jurisdiction on playoff. They don't. We got all these different subcommittees, but there's no president. There's no true president with any power. So anybody does what they want to do, how they want to do so, it. And so and you why to,
4: not? Sorry, if you're Tennessee, why not just go ahead and play Brew McCoy? I mean, there's not no one's well, gonna come after you.
2: Yeah, and you know, and people will. I know Tennessee fans are saying, "Well, we sure got hit." Well, because Tennessee handed themselves over in a silver platter. And by the way, I think it's gonna work out because I don't think they're gonna get hit hard. But I think you can't make it easy for the NCAA. Like, if somebody is ineligible and you play them, well, then they'll hit you for that. But if there's cheating. I mean, take North Carolina when they had that cheating scandal, the academic scandal. They just sued out the wazoo, and the NCAA couldn't find it. There's no subpoena, so they just said we're not going to. Well, you know, Tennessee said, and we know why Tennessee did it. They were said, we're gonna we're gonna let this be known because this is cause for us to not have to pay Jeremy Pruitt. That was their motivation. If it wasn't for that, they would have probably just said, come find us. Come, tell us of these of these infractions that you speak tell us where they are uncover it's not gonna happen but that's the that's the only way if if it's the media that uncovers it and uncovers proof and it's difficult in today's world you guys know we got cameras so you could see stuff we got we got video cameras over arizona state coaches meeting with players during covid when they weren't supposed to in the the they got it at Arizona State facility. They got like a back stairs, like most people. And meeting in the in the stairway. They still haven't done anything to them, really. Just
3: Um No, they haven't, and uh, I with I don't know who's going to end up governing it, or if it's the NCAA or not. But it's going to be interesting to see the evolution. Tennessee last year, they gave up more sacks than anybody in the SEC. Three points. Three nine per game. I mean, next closest was two point nine. So two hundred and thirty eight sacks uh, overall. Chris, I, I look at that number, and the first thing you want to say is, "Oh, it's a learning a new system. It's a younger offensive line. They're more experienced this year." But specifically, I want to ask you, how many of those sacks do you think were were on Hendon Hooker? And we're nitpicking, okay? I don't want anybody to think that I'm ripping Hendon Hooker. But he, he didn't get a lot of first-team snaps because he wasn't supposed to be the starter. He goes out there, and I thought there were times there was ball padding and hesitation there. So how much can he help reduce that sack number in 2022?
2: Well, he can help, and there's certain things, you know, noticing the checkdowns, getting the ball out quicker in certain situations, you, you can do that. Just getting rid of the football, some of that. But let me just say this as long as Tennessee runs this style of offense where they score a bunch of points and they play with the lead, it's, it's just common numbers. They're going to give up more sacks because they're going to be, they throw the ball more. They throw it more when they got a lead. So the best way to, to alleviate that more than Hendon Hooker, anybody else, when you got a 17 point lead in the fourth quarter, you run it. Use a little clock. You know, the, the best way to slow down a pass rush by scheme is run the football. You want to you want to rush the pass, We're going to run it right at you, and we're going to run right by you. But when you're constantly throwing it, constantly throwing, you're going to give up more sacks. So it, it could be Hendon Hooker. It could be you know anybody. It, Tom Brady would give up a bunch of sacks. I mean, it's just it's so yes, he can improve. But you can also help him by running the football more situationally, particularly with a lead. No, not not change your offense. But I think that's a big part. And the other thing is, okay, if you're going to run, you're going to have three wides and you're not going to have tight ends to help lock, well, then, okay, you're throwing it more and you don't have max protection looks, I mean, of course you're going to give up more sacks. It's just kind of like, you know, it's like I'm going to shoot more shots in basketball. Well, I'm going to miss more too. Cause I'm going to make, you know, so it's just, it's just numbers of how they play. They, they're going to give up some, but to your point, they've got to be better in, in cleaner in situations when they do need to pass. But I think a lot of the numbers overall are a little bit misguided because of what they do and how they do it.
3: Amanda, anything else from you, young lady? When I said, Cameron had a question uh, before Amanda if I may he okay. said that he would take 20 years of Lincoln Riley but may not win a championship uh, but that they'll be in the mix well so he wants Mark right <laughs> This is my favorite all time. Wow! <laughs> I mean, she just bringing out the sledgehammer. No,
4: I mean that's really what Mark Riff did at Georgia. Is, is he was there for I don't know how many years. I'm sorry, my dog apparently is itching.
3: Yes, so she
4: just so, keeps scratching.
3: It's good to know that Amanda doesn't have. Uh, some sort of Pulp Fiction scene going on.
4: <laughs> <as possible. laughs> I don't.
3: I'm sorry. Uh, the dog's name is not Gimp. So, okay, so okay, Chris, oh <laughs> will he ever win a uh, championship Lincoln-Riley? Would you take 20 years to Lincoln-Riley?
2: Well, again, where? And I know it's at yeah. Cameron University or Landry University, but here's the thing. If you take the um, Lincoln-Riley and put him in the SEC, It's just because, say, he stayed in Oklahoma. If you look at Lincoln Riley's system, much like we've talked about with Josh Heupel, if you're going to run that pace and that style, and and I don't know what he's going to do at USC. I assume in the same style. I think he's a really good fit at USC because I think there are the Alabama of the Pac-12. They win the kids in Southern California, which there are plenty of prospects. They pretty much all want to go to USC that you have to really do a bad job to lose those guys they are in a position to be so much more talented than anybody else that getting to the playoffs should be something in two or three years that's pretty regularly very very uh reasonable for them to do on a regular basis three four out of five years maybe not for a couple of years but yeah. but just like he got to the playoffs at Oklahoma and did not fare well. Why? Because he didn't have a defense that was very good and his offensive pace. Sound familiar with what I've talked about with Tennessee? It, so if I put Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma in the SEC, I had news for you. He wouldn't have made the playoffs because the same teams that he had to beat in the playoffs and couldn't, he wouldn't be able to beat in the SEC to get to that point. So I think it's where you—it's like Davo and Clemson. Okay, really good program, very good. Does he make it every year? He does out of the ACC. Can he do it from the SEC? Well, we don't know because it's not there. And a little bit unfair to to him, but that's my opinion. So I think Lincoln's really good. Um, and you know, uh, West Cameron said he may not win it, but yeah, if you if you want to want to be at a place in the ACC, the Pac-12, where you can get to the playoffs pretty easy by having the elite program, Clemson, USC. Yeah, you can do that, live on that a long time. He did it at Oklahoma. He had the best program in the Big 12. He's had it every year they're there. Yep. Just not for them, like, well, when are we going to – we're Oklahoma, and, and Oklahoma's got as, as good a blue blood as anybody. They, they didn't sit very well, get creamed by Alabama, get creamed by LSU, get played the one game against Georgia in the Rose Bowl that was close. Every other time it's been like just get smashed in the face.
3: Chris had the hall of fame ceremony over the weekend. I'm going to let you out of here again. LandryFootball.com football.com is, is where you need to go. But if you could put one guy in the hall of fame, that's not, who would you put in? Oh
2: man. Um, well, there's, it's not one, but there's one that i that comes to mind right now. And this is kind of my, um, I would, I would, I would put a coach that deserves to be in. And it's Don Coryell. Oh,
4: you um,
2: you know, we put, and, and, and listen, all the respect and love for John Madden, the late John Madden, who we lost last year. Don Coryell was, like, infinitely better as a coach than John Madden. John Madden was a very good coach, and he was a very good leader, um, and he did a good job. But Don Coryell was innovative. All the things, other than Sid Gilman, I don't think anybody's been better in the past. You've heard of the passing tree, you know, the nine routes. Up? Don Coryell invented that. I mean, he that's invented great. things that, that he he has a he has a, 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 a orchid of lineage of people. He is one of the brilliant minds. Now, again, didn't win a Super Bowl, and that's hey, gotta win a Super Bowl to do all that. If you're talking about innovative, great minds, he's one of the very best. Uh, if I were to rank the most innovative offensive coaches ever he'd be in the top five. That, that to me is worthy of the Hall of Fame, but people will say, well, wait, 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 no, 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 no. We, you need to win a Super Bowl. You need to go to a Super Bowl. He didn't do that. I get that. He was, you look at the great job he did with the mm-hmm. Cardinals, um, Gary Metcalf, that group, Jim Hart, all those guys, and then the Chargers, my God. They were doing things in the passing game that people talk about today. They were doing them in the 1980s. With Winslow and Muncy and, you know, Je- John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, you know, the Kellen Winslow, just unbelievable teams. Never, never got to the Super Bowl. That's the one guy I would put in. But on another longer conversation, there's about 10 or 12 I'd like to <laughs> nominate, but not today. I
3: won't Good stuff. Chris, we will talk to you and go to LandryFootball.com. Chris is going to join us every Monday and Thursday throughout football season, so we're super excited about that. Thank you, Chris. Have a fantastic day, and uh, I will be in touch.
2: Hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Amanda, and I hope you feel better, Ava. Take care. Right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah.
3: So Ava's, Ava's getting there. Ava's battling. Ava, a little itchy. She's, we'll get into the craft trees.
4: Just, so, David brought in a... Uh, your got, husband? Yes.
3: You tell people that. Nobody knows who your husband is.
4: Okay, well, they should, because he's like the best person in the world. Um,
6: <laughs>
3: okay. By his
4: own admission... Um, but anyway, Ava brought or Ava David brought in something for me and set it by my desk. So like for breakfast. So when I'm done, and Ava tried to get in the bag, and get it. Well, so
3: reach for that thing.
4: She, she was, was not, not happy. Kennel.
3: Just throw it in a kennel.
4: No, throw it. Wow, oh, wow. Maybe you should throw your phone in the kennel because it just went Maybe off.
3: Maybe you should throw your phone in. Trust me, I would love to throw my phone in the kennel. I would have zero issue. I had a great visit with David Vassi at Vassi Lawn and Garden yesterday. Vassi Lawn and Garden, man alive. It is worth the drive. And it is Toro. Count on it. They've got the hedgers and trimmers that you need as well. So, Amanda, let's reset. Where are we with? Uh, Today's tough question. I I haven't looked on purpose because I wanted you to tell me. I want to be excited. Okay.
4: So, who would you pick to start your college football program tomorrow? Leading, but just just now, leading is Nick Saban. Okay. With forty-one percent, the person who was leading before that was Josh Heupel. Well, Josh Heupel was leading before yep. that but he's the second with 35% and then Kirby Smart and Lincoln Riley are tied at like
3: 12%. It's definitely it's definitely our audience. However, I do think, I don't want to overspeak this, okay? I do think there's a chance that Josh Heupel special as far as a uh, an offensive coach. Like not not good, but exceptional. I think there's a a decent chance of that. I'm not going to – yeah. I I think that he could be this generation's offensive mind like Steve Spurrier. I think that's possible. Now, that's a lot to put on him, okay? And even if he's just a B-plus instead of an A-plus, that's still great for Tennessee. Don't get me wrong. So, I could see going there because he's young. I mean, there's got to be a guy out there not named – Josh Heupel or Saban or Kirby Smart that's a young guy that's a 22-year-old guy that one day is going to win multiple champ or 22 28 year old guy that's going to win multiple championships kind of like the Sean McVay of the NFL I just don't know that we know who that is
4: no of course I don't think we know who that is right now either but I think there are people who are making strong arguments to become that person and to be honest opposing fan bases do not like Josh Heupel I'm just going to give you that from my uh, experience and you it's not because
3: message board bingo so you see a lot of those by the way and, and we got called out for not saying bingo which is fair they called that we call the game message board bingo we, we don't didn't say bingo
4: we're, We that's don't. the name of it i know you call it that and i'm always like why is it bingo there's no cards right. out we're not from calling that like on,
3: you have to say bingo and if i get it right just say bingo
4: so I will not be saying bingo. Yes,
3: you'll say bingo. Oh, come on. Play along. You know you love it.
4: No, I will say it if you get one right, actually. Yeah. I won't be saying it a lot as much. i
3: fire. Did you not sleep well? Everybody's getting shots. See, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting shots. I think there's a Bruett shot. I think there's a, all kinds of shots out there.
4: it deserves a shot.
3: I've got like a daily Pruitt shot that I'm uh, working in. So uh, we'll have coming up this day in sports history, also message board bingo. And then Jacob Warren will give us his thoughts on Joe Milton, who you would think would be Tennessee's backup quarterback. And uh, it's all brought to you by Pettigo Chattanooga. Pedago Chattanooga is a great way to get around downtown Chattanooga. That's Pedago chattanooga and it's they got the e-bikes you don't have to worry about parking it's super cool a lot of fun amanda and her husband david are going to come down and we're going to hit the e-bike trail
4: so i don't even know what that means
3: uh it's just because we don't um it just means we're just going to get on e-bikes and go around downtown
4: no i mean the e-bike thing is still like foreign to me because i have never seen one so i'm really excited
3: yeah, it's got, like so you can go pedal assist, so you can, it's it's targeted uh, to the 45, 65 set, like me, so if you want to keep up with your kids or grandkids, I can keep up with mine anyway, okay, but okay, if I can't, I could, but judging. If, but it's got the pedal assist, it's got, uh, but then it has the thrust button, which is a, a whole lot of fun. Daniel's saying, I don't understand all the hate for Heupel. He doesn't talk trash, doesn't get into the bulletin board stuff, and just seems to tell it like it is.
4: Because he's good. That's why opposing fans don't like him, because he's good. We liked Pruitt. Loved Pruitt. Loved Dooley. You know, loved Butch Jones. build Build that brick by brick. But opposing fans do not like Heupel, and that should be good news to Tennessee fans. Because that means there's a certain amount of fear for Heupel because of Heupel.
3: Right. So instead of of saying right after this, Amanda will explain to you why SEC coaches don't like Josh Heupel. I will tell you that Jacob Warren up next will talk about Joe Milton because she just took my tease. Back in two minutes. Talk to me, Gary Viles.
5: It's Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business.
1: Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vassy
2: Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week
1: or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive.
5: This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Udawah. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here.
6: All right, so we had an opportunity, as we always do,
3: to catch up with Jacob Warren. Jacob's visit brought to you by Bassie Lawn and Garden. And here he talked about Tennessee and their backup quarterback situation, which we all think is Joe Milton. But they had the Ole Miss meltdown last year, and he lost his starting job. So where is his confidence level? Uh, Jacob Warren's going to talk to us about that right now. Remind you, please hit that subscribe and like button so that we can show up on your feed. If we want to be a part of your day. We start the broadcast at 8 30 every morning. It's Eastern time for uh, Ireland time. We'll get to that. Here's Jacob Warren brought to you by
7: Massey Lana Garland. Like Joe is very much the guy himself. You know what I mean? Like he is, he's got the charisma, he's got the confidence, he's got the, the like you said, the ability. He's a smart player. Obviously, that was an instance where. You know, it's something that, like you said, in the heat of battle, he might have not made the correct decision, or you know, you can't you can't do that on the last play, obviously, right? Like, and he knows that he's <laughs> he's completely aware of that, and I don't think that that really changed a lot, at least for, on the offensive side of the ball, like for us, um, it didn't change the way we looked at him, didn't change the way we thought about him as a player. Um, every day he performs at practice, and he, you know. Makes big throws. He can do the checkdowns. He can have the little soft touch passes over the middle. He's we're, all, we're on the same page, you know, whether I'm repping with him or with Hendon. like, um, It's cool to be able to to almost feel like there's no difference. You know what I mean? Like, they're both back there. Either one of them, I know, you know, say this is a, a, a cover two picture, and I know this pocket in the defense is open. I'm going to go ahead and sit down and try to just see if he feels – you know, if he – if you, if we're on the same page and he can, he can hit me with the ball. And that's exactly how it is with both of them because they're both really, really good students in the game. And, um, yeah, no, there's no lapse in confidence, at least as far as I'm concerned um, with either of them. Yeah, that's pretty strong.
3: Uh, they like Joe Milton a lot from the players that I've talked to. Tavian Jackson is definitely one, I believe, to keep an eye on. Amanda, but there's just too much ability for Joe Milton not to be a good player as long as he can handle the mental aspect of it, which I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not trying to throw the kid under the bus, but that was an incredible mental error against Ole Miss that is, is really tough for me to get beyond. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of those. you know what I mean? I, I don't like... I don't know. Like your significant other maybe flirts a little with somebody, but this is like the whole nother step. Better of, not. Right. Well, it can be nice to know. Let's say that. But this is like the whole nother step of they're actually meeting. I don't know. The terrible analogy. Anyway, that's scary.
4: Remind me to tell you the story of David and the. Um, your husband. Yes, my husband and the poor, poor
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: You know, little gay guy that, that thought David was flirting with him. It was very sad. I had to jump in and be like, honey, are you going to the to get the dog at our house? Yeah. We're married
3: sometimes we have to clarify sexualities I guess so
4: it was it was really funny. Is it all over a starter jacket but anyway continuing on. Um, with that being said, mental discipline is something that you can't that just doesn't come overnight like you have to like work at it just like you would work at you know building up your core or getting to that let's squat 400 pounds. 12 reps, whatever, you have to build up that mental discipline in your mind. It takes exercises. It takes working on it. And if Joe Milton hasn't done that up to this point, then it's never going to change. And the longer that you go without doing those, those that work on your mind, the worse it's going to get as far as your mental discipline is concerned. I think that's why we see coaches like Nick Saban have these kids. They're mental. They're mentally disciplined. So, Joe Milton needs to work on some of that to be able to handle big-time, you know, game situations.
3: That was definitely a pressure environment in the Ole Miss game when he jumped out of bounds. It still stuns me. Cody's saying if SEC defensive coordinators never figure out how to properly stop Heifel's offense, then I'd take 20 years of Heifel because eventually he will have a defense that's top 10 in the country with his offense. I would say this, Cody, can we reconvene on this conversation in about five months? Because I want to see two things out of Josh Heupel before I know him as a great coach. And I think he, right now he's a very good coach that might be a great coach. I want to see the development of a four-minute offense. I want to see the defense get better, show more depth, the recruiting to continue, So, Cody, I think you're headed down that road that defensive coordinators are going to struggle to stop him for the next 20 years, wherever he is. I think you're headed down that road, but I want to see a little bit more before I'm willing to go as far as you, but you very well could be. Biles Automotive Group right there on Callahan has a selection. They also have the service department, and they have integrity, which is the big difference, and they want – they appreciate your business – they need your business. That is Viles Automotive Group on Callahan. It's about integrity. Get treated right. So Amanda LaFrada, it is time for message board bingo. And I'm going to go ahead and call my shot. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I am going to go 3-0 for the first time ever. I'm going to go 3-0. Okay. Anybody- okay. So adding his offensive line play has to improve before the four-minute offense can be effective. Again, great point, Cody. Four or five returners, this is the year to do it. So, Cody, I think in five months we've answered both of our questions. And I tend to think it's going to be positive answers. And I'm not one. Cody, if you know my work, I'm not one to blow smoke, actually. I'm one to kind of be overly critical. Some people say, Amanda's read the message boards about me. Apparently. She knows. But I was right in those situations. But anyway – I will tell you what I really think. If I thought Josh Hypo was a terrible coach, I will tell you that. I think he's a very good coach and possibly a generational coach. Okay, so Amanda, we are doing message board bingo. This is your very first, uh, your own mind created radio element bit. So you, you, whatever happens moving forward, you'll always have message board bingo.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Put that on my resume. <laughs>
3: <laughs> top, above your address. Above your phone number. Message <laughs> for bingo. Right under. How about Amanda in quotations. Message for bingo. lafrada Right up at the top. I mean, that's least, a, I'm hiring that chick right there. Boom.
4: It's, it's Amanda MBB Lafrada. Like, how do you not hire me? All
3: right. Message board bingo. And Amanda has agreed to say. And if anybody is on the YouTube or on the Twitter and wants to message and they actually beat me to the punch, then we're going to hook you, hook you up with the prize. As soon as we figure out how to contact you on YouTube, which is more difficult than we thought. But on
4: the YouTube or the Twitter.
3: Yeah, the Twitter and the the YouTube. All this, the technology and the worldwide interweb. All right, so let's go message board bingo right now. So here's the way it works. Amanda reads off a message board post from an insane fan somewhere. And I try to guess the school. So here we go. Number one, the goal is to get two out of three, but... Today I'm going three and up.
4: Oh, Andre. I mean I, I Andre I style, 30. All right. I believe in you because today's are very easy. And if you don't get them, I, I quit. Um, do you we're not gonna have any intro music? No, none of oh, that. Three. Like Yeah, we're ready.
1: Okay. <laughs>
3: All Watch, right, you know, I sent you about Norm McDonald when he got talked out of when in the middle. It
1: was hey, that's great. he, yeah,
4: uh, Regis does not like the children. Okay, <laughs> so
3: some children, not even all <laughs> children, the okay. group of children in the entire universe. That's yes. who, okay, go ahead.
4: Okay, so this is. Someone said, "What hairball's record against top five? Tool one and eighteen. Don't know what that means, but this is the answer. I'm sure it's horrible, but Ohio State is is the one that pounds their chest repeatedly regarding their recruiting. Harball would have OSU twelve and o every year in the playoffs.
3: Okay, so this person, this has got to be an Ohio State fan." What he says, he wants an upgrade over Ryan Day. I would think you would be no, a... what? Read it again. I got confused.
4: Okay, well you you lost, so that's one. No, but i
3: on, I get one more chance.
4: Okay, I'm sure it's horrible, but Ohio State is the one that pounds their chest repeatedly regarding their recruiting. Carball okay. would have OSU twelve and O every year in the playoffs.
3: I'm gonna go with the Georgia fan. It's terrible, is it that
4: bad? It's Michigan.
3: Oh, it's just Michigan. It's Michigan.
4: Oh. Who else would promote Harbaugh? Well,
3: now you brought this up the other day that Michigan fans like Harbaugh. I was under the assumption for whatever reason they didn't like him because he hasn't lived up to expectations. So that would prove yep. your all
4: right. Number two. Yeah. Lord have mercy. All right, so <clears throat> Ruiz has Miami scum money, but it doesn't even touch Texas oil money. This is Florida. Yes. Yo. Bingo. Bingo. Bingo.
3: One and o. Bingo! Can you feel that? Yes. One and uh, or one and one. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna take one and oh. See if I can slide that by.
4: Uh, no. Um. Said it over the weekend that Brady Cook well, reminds you set me
3: of up. you have to say number three.
4: Number well, I figured people would understand if you were one and one that this would that be was, number three.
3: Right. But you just say number three, and then it works the music hand. Say number three.
4: Number three. <laughs> See how that works? It's terrible, yes. Okay. Said it over the weekend that Brady Cook reminds me of Tom Brady. Very similar throwing motions. Also share a name and a number. Tom Brady was not thought of much by the recruiting services, and they were always trying to find a reason not to play him at Michigan.
7: Because he was
3: fat and didn't have a good arm at the
4: time. He wasn't fat.
3: Well, I mean, that's got to be a stupid Missouri fan, right?
4: Bingo. You are now two and Good
3: one. Thank you. And it gives me another opportunity to get caught in Missouri. Which is always
4: good. Yeah, but your, your three and O call, I mean, I got the easiest ones I could find.
3: Is that pity, or is it just coincidence?
4: It was pity. <laughs> it was pure it was pity. pity. It was pure
3: Very open pure and pity. honest about that. Okay. It is time for this day in sports history. And, uh, Bingo. I did. bingo. It is Sorry, time that. for this day in sports history. By the way, there's football being played, so you can get to Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies, I've got a big announcement coming up about them, but Big Orange Phillies is in the heart of Halls on Maynardville Pike, and it is fantastic. They've got great food. It's family friendly. And you can go play darts, billiards, karaoke, Amanda can sing. And we've got an event coming no, we're gonna tell you more about. But first It is time for This Day in Sports History. It's brought to you today by our friends at Big Orange
1: Phillips. This Day in Sports History. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda Lafrana. Two kids on the block just called. I wanted you as a backup dancer. Thank Grant Torino
3: for allowing us to use their music was something before it was a Clint Eastwood movie. By the way, it's so bleeping hard to find a Gran Torino song since that movie came out.
4: I bet. I mean, the first
3: 10 pages are Clint Eastwood of your Google search. You can even do Gran Torino and the first three pages are Clint Eastwood. But anyway, this day in sports history, Amanda, what do you got? So in 1991.
4: 1991. Yes um i was a junior in high
3: school that that, uh, there was a major no that was the next year major event go ahead
4: okay so is that is that this day in sports history (laughs) 1991 dave hooker was a junior in high school
3: i could throw a football about 55 yards yes that's okay we'll move on have a great day everyone
4: oh my gosh okay so 1991 pga championship men's golf john daly wins by three strokes
3: John Daly wins by three strokes.
4: The PGA championship.
3: That was the mullet, right? That no, he
4: didn't have he has hair similar to yours in this picture.
3: One of the majors he won, he had mega mullet. It was awesome. I thought it was the PGA, but it, it may be the other one. Did he win the PGA twice? Anyway. I don't okay, know. so no mullet. All right. So this day in uh sports history, do you have any more that you would like to add to that? We got a John I, Daly. And I have one in particular.
4: Okay. Well, I have one more. Okay, go for it.
3: In 1986.
4: 1986. Mm-hmm. Same PGA championship, men's golf. Greg Norman lost by two strokes.
3: Oh, that's the one where he blew it on a Sunday, right? And it was just like it's a, so big,
1: was
3: a big mental meltdown. It was like so you so had sad. to turn the TV off because he had like a six stroke lead if we're talking about the same year. And it was just like, I don't know
4: this guy,
3: but I hurt for him. Um, Greg Norman. At the time. And by the he way, still. No, not after the, not after he headed up the live tour, pretty much moved mm-hmm. on from that. He's the guy that's mm-hmm. t- talking everybody into moving. So no, I'm not a big Norman fan now, but at the time I did feel empathy for him. Probably sympathy. Um, all right. So that's the day in sports history. And, Amanda, we um, definitely want to be sure to mention our friends at Zool Beer Company with a great panoramic view. Everything that you could want, including worldwide award winning beer at Zool Beer Company at zoolbeer.com.
4: Yeah, great place, great beer. Um, Fridays, uh, this, that's tomorrow, right? Because today is Thursday.
3: I think so. You tell me what it is.
4: Yes, I think it's Thursday and I think tomorrow's Friday. They have a bridge burgers at um for lunch. So you should go by, grab grab a beer, grab a burger, head back to work. Um it's it's just it's good beer. It's really good beer.
3: So the um uh, the other one that I had Hulk Hogan. It's a birthday. Uh, birthday today. Did you see how old he was?
4: No, I don't look.
3: You know how what would you guess?
4: See, I think of the 90s as like 15 years ago, so I'm not very good at
3: He's 69 years old. And he really was, like, even if you didn't know wrestling, you knew who Hulk Hogan was. I guess he's almost like the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling, even though it's all just a show anyway. I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but it is all just a show. So, he was kind of like that. And, uh, you know, then so he got sideways with Vince McMahon. And then he thought it would be a good idea for him to uh, accidentally leak uh, a tape like Paris Hilton did. And that didn't go over nearly as well.
4: So awkward.
3: That didn't, it didn't, it may have helped Paris Hilton's career. It did not help Hulk Hogan's career.
4: Well, he, he, said, he got what yeah brother okay he got um well i got what was coming to him because his daughter was it brooke hogan
3: Uh, i think it is brooke i don't know how i know that but i think it is brooke hogan
4: because she was like doing like um what like music videos for a while with like paul wall and stuff it's not good interesting bad
3: Check out Off the Hook Sports today, OfftheHookSports.com, because we'll have the latest from practice. So Tennessee is uh, scheduled to meet with the media, and a lot of wide receivers. Maybe we'll hear something on Brew McCoy again. I found that really stunning. If you're just tuning in now, you'll want to listen to uh, what Chris had to say earlier. So the NCAA that's already understaffed, laid off what did he say? 34 employees in June and there's money floating around everywhere. So why do you have to lay anybody off? Uh, What are they doing anyway? I, I just, to me, it's, it's, it's befuddling that you can't get an answer on brew McCoy. If it's no, it's no, if he's not eligible, fine. I, you know, it, it, I'm I'm the same way with business partners. If we're not going to work together, just tell me. That's fine. I'll go to the next person. But the, the just wait, just wait, just wait. And I know Josh Hopple's frustrated. And he doesn't have yet the platform to say, get off your rears, NCAA, but he will one day. And I hope he utilizes it. And I hope he says it publicly because you got to continue calling these people out. And the NCAA, just the simple fact is, And I'm not trying to be mean here. I think I'm mostly a nice person, but they're not very good at their job.
4: Apparently they don't have the cash flow to, to have competent people on their staff. So
3: gosh, we're hearing about all these multi gajillion dollar contracts, by the way, I've I've told somebody with good knowledge um, about the upcoming big 10 contract that it's going to be, monstrous but that really really helps the sec because their contract is due up so all of these changes are going to go into 20 and 24 so there the sec will get more money because they're more attractive now i'm I'm told they're viewed as more attractive because of the passion of the south so even though the big 10 goes and gets the la market which makes sense from a marketing standpoint but not really a football standpoint or anything else but you get the la market but i'm told that the SEC will end up getting more money because of the passion. So when you're associated as a potential advertiser with a Mississippi State, you're going to get somebody that's more reactive to that than necessarily UCLA, where they just soon be on the beach, and they might watch the game just because it's on. So I'm told that that's going to be a huge factor. And in the upcoming SEC contract, I'm also told that ESPN is going all in. Even more than they
4: have. Because they can't get the Big Ten. They can't afford it.
3: Right. And I'm told that, now this is this person has no allegiance whatsoever. Just know this television side of that. That person told me that it will really, really, really benefit the SEC. I don't know how they could be benefited anymore. They're by far the best conference. But that, if I, he, I mean, if, if he is, I, I sum it up with this. Are you a hockey fan at all? I'm not.
4: No, but I saw you. I know what you're referring to.
3: So there was a press conference at ESPN had aligned itself with the NHL. So the NHL came out and you know, they said, uh, Gary Bettman, commissioner, what would you like to say about this, uh, this relationship with ESPN? And Gary Bettman said, well, if you do half as good a job promoting us as you did in burying us, then this should work out great. Because the simple fact is, and I think NASCAR has seen that at different times in the past 20 years. If you're on ESPN, you're going to be on that first 10 minutes sports center. If you're not a part of that Disney family, you're not going to be a part of that first 10 minutes sports center. You're not going to be considered something that they cover, just like us. What do we cover? We're not going to break news on the Oregon Ducks tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, <clears throat> but we're going to be able to tell you. Everything that happened at Tennessee's practices, we're going to be able to do all that. Uh, we're going to be able to tell you things about the SEC you don't know, but you got to stay in your lane just to some extent. And ESPN just is just not going to promote something that they don't make money off of.
4: I know, but the way that ESPN is trending, they're not, they're definitely not trending up and you said Disney, but it's, You know, it's owned by Disney, so is ABC, ESPN, but they're not trending up. Fox is taking the Big Ten. CBS is going with the Big Ten. That does make me nervous because, I mean, Cody's saying the CBS 330 kickoff intro, and that's, you know, the 330 game on CBS is always the SEC, and now that's going to change, and I hate that. I I hate that.
3: Actually, we saw, I don't know if you saw him, but I saw him. We were hustling around Atlanta. I saw um, Gary, who calls the games. I'm sorry. The name suddenly escaped me. Gary. Um, nice Vern, Lundquist. Gary
4: Vern Lundquist and Gary. Not, not
3: Danielson. The play-by-play guy. Not the, not the color oh, guy. I
4: was about, about to say. Ooh.
3: He almost came over. It. You're right. The 330 game is iconic. But I'm just, you want to be with ESPN. The other thing. That I am I'm told as far as what you're gonna see happen in the next two or three years is to watch all of the SEC games, you're probably gonna to have to pay about four or five hundred dollars a year. And because I think what you're gonna see now you can still go with the traditional model, which is you have everything just like cable, but I think you're gonna see the streaming break up, and I hate to tell you, but you're mostly paying for ESPN and sports channels. Those are the most expensive on your cable bill. So if you don't care about those at all, yeah, well, if if you don't care about those at all, then don't get those and you'll actually save money. But for people like us, that money is not now spread out. So in order to do our jobs, much less enjoy watching football, we have to buy that. So there's going to be a lot of people that have to do that. We'll be back with you. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: That's going on your bill. If I have to buy all those uh, all those
3: games expense, expense card is in the mail let's yeah. go ahead and use it uh, she's Amanda LaFraud I'm Dave Hooker we'll be back with you at 830 on Friday to talk about the balls ahead of their scrimmage on Sunday this is a production of Off the Hook Sports have a fantastic day everyone
0: okay round two name something that's not boring